Hello, ladies and future boys. Was that, was that how we go down with this? Yeah, it's a reference to a song no one's heard or cares about, but now it's mine. Okay. We are coming at you on this Egg Game Thursday. Coming to you live after editing. And like three days. Yep. About as live as edited three days ago can get. About as live as an Egg Game Thursday can get. Because you know he killed people. Yeah. He's, he was alive at the time. Yeah, but he's the woman he was wearing normally isn't. One would hope. We'll cover that on another episode. Uh, Today we're talking about other covered, stuff. We've covered Egg Game. Yeah, he's great. We'll, we'll come back. I think <laughs> yes. it's part of the Halloween episode. He Maybe is. the first time. Yeah. As you can see, Fearless Leader is not being fearless or a leader today. Nope. Nah, I've, I've taken over the reins again. Because it's time for your Disney education. Ooh. Unless you like it, in which case, yeah. Dude, that seems to be the only episodes I take over on. It's your profession. Yeah. You are a, a, a designated Dis nerd. Speaking of Dis nerds, my name is Kyle. The other voice you hear is Fearless Leader Toby. Yep. I'm such a fearless leader, I'm not even leading today. You're very good at delegating. Oh, you bet your ass I am. You been, can you tell I've been watching a lot of The West Wing recently? Um, what are we talking about today? It is a Disney thing, kind of. Yeah, with a big asterisk on it. It's it's pretty, you know, legit asterisk. We are talking about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Toby, do you know anything about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? Only what you've, like, said, but if it weren't for you talking about it, I wouldn't know. Given I wasn't around in the 20s, and I've never played Epic Mickey. And other than those two things, he really hasn't happened much. Yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty accurate. You should probably... We should explain who he is a little bit, because I think he's a bit more abstract than you realise. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit is a rabbit. He is lucky. He is an <laughs> old animation character. Much like our Betty Boop episode... Except so, on the Disney side, kind of. Jump into the way, way back machine. Okay, I'm in. Um, Walt Disney um, and his brother Roy had been working very small time on basically just getting, like, drawing jobs and stuff. They really hadn't done too much mm-hmm. uh, until they moved out to California um, and began works on the Alice comedies. Which was a live action cross animation venture that was kind of Alice in Wonderland based, but a little bit more abstract. Yeah. Um, and the Alice comedies went for quite a while. They were just little shorts. Um, there were a few different live action girls who played Alice. Um, and she had, you know, her comrades of animated animals and creatures Now, is, this, is it kind of like the Super Mario Super Show, where it's just, like, live action and then a cartoon segment? No. It was... It's basically the first attempt at, like, Who Framed, who framed Roger Rabbit. Even back or, then, huh? They barely had, yeah. like, sound. And they're going for animation, live action crossover. Yeah. Alright. Big call, I guess, but whatever. Well, they had people that knew how to animate, and they had a really cute little girl. So, by layering the planes together, it's weird. It's probably on YouTube. Go and find it. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more, we can, you know, look into it. Um, and I have to bring up a name at the moment, is Ub Iwerks. Ub turned out, is apparently a name that existed once. It's U, it's B. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Baffling. Go on. So he was, um, you basically had Walt, Roy, and Um. They, they were the three guys that Walt would say, I have an idea. Roy would work out how to pay for it. Yeah, and Um would work out how to draw it. Yeah, I'm going to throw a fucking big statement down. Yep. Um is the fucking Bill Finger of this combination. Yes. Walt Disney is a Bob Kane. Yes. You have to admit it. Yeah, but look, Walt definitely refined, uh, um, definitely refined Walt's ideas. Um, they definitely worked, you know, t- 
together mm-hmm. to come up with stuff. But there was a lot of stuff that overall Walt had a lot of say in things. He had like, imagination, if, if, but if he, he didn't have the, the tools. Room, he knew what he wanted, but he did understand that he was a pretty amateur drawer. Yeah. He didn't have the skill. He could see how it was supposed to look. He could see what was going on. He just couldn't quite get it there. Mm. He knows the sandwich. He wants to order at Subway. He just can't make it at home. Yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Alice comedies were becoming really expensive, mm-hmm. as you can assume. And so, um, Ub and Walt were starting to begin looking for new creative opportunities. They wanted to see, you know, what else could they do out there. Yeah. Funnily enough, our good friends Universal Studio wanted to break into the cartoon industry themselves. However, they couldn't do that without a character because that's, you know, one of the main... Especially in those days, I feel like there's no plot, there's no story. You show up for a character you like and you just see hijinks. So at at the time that this was all going down, you had Felix the Cat. Mm-hmm. Very simple, black and white, early cat. Yep. Um, there were a few other cat, you know, based characters. Well, everybody wants to be a cat. Um, you had like Crazy Cat, you had stuff like that. Um, the other really popular one was Coco the Clown. It's, I, it's, I, I know we talked about it a little bit in the Betty Boop episode. I'm surprised that he had a following at some point because he became a background character so fucking fast at the birth of Betty. So yeah, that's that's who you've got sitting in Tom Dog's face, if you will. Mm. It's not really, you know. Anyway, there's not there's no Shrek like there's no competition here quite yet. Um, so Disney, who had kind of worked with Universal Studios before. Um, had a guy named, who was the distributor named Charles Mitz. Now, it's just that you listen to that name quite, you know, well, because he's going to be twirling his moustache a little later on. Mm. I know this is in the 20s, but the fact that he spells Mince with a Z makes me think he's a radical 90s man. So yes. I'm picturing him coming in in, like, a checkered shirt on a skateboard. He's wearing a visor and sunglasses. No one knows what's going on. I would also like to point out for historical accuracy, I don't actually know if he had a moustache. You bet your ass. He... But villains have a moustache, that's what I've learned. There's a moustache and there's a musical. He died agreeing with Manic Panic, because that's how 90s he is. <laughs> okay, so this, this is basically where our story comes together. Disney and Iwerks came up with a little rabbit that was in shorts. Turned out he would later be called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Now, fancy bit of trivia for you. Toby, where do you think the name Oswald came from? Well, it came from a rabbit, let's be honest. No. Less. Worse. Mm, go on. Oswald was chosen by Universal. Uh-huh. It came out of a hat. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Put a bunch of names in a hat. Yeah. That was how Oswald got his name. Look, not everything has to be a groundbreaking discovery. You just pull it out of a hat. They pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. The end. Um... So yeah, you had the Disney guys came up with it was going to be a rabbit because there was lots of cats out. Universal will name out of that for a rabbit. Yeah. Irony is not lost on me. And in those days, pretty much every animated character looked identical except for ear shape. Pretty much. So having a rabbit instead of the pointy cat ears is a good way to differentiate yourself in a time when you couldn't have color or noise. Mm. Um, Oswald was technically the first Universal cartoon and is the main reason that Disney moved into the Hyperion Avenue studio. If you know anything about Disney, that's a pretty big move. If you don't... Isn't Hyperion a Marvel character? Sure. Mm, Interesting. Go on. I do know a lot of them. Well, I do know all of them. He's one of the the dozens of Superman knockoffs they've got in their lineup. So, um, good news. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Oswald very quickly became a rival to all of the other cartoons at the time. The Walt Disney Studio staff grew to about 20 people. I would like to put in perspective back in the day, that's actually a pretty decent number. It's crazy that, like, (laughs) the big name animators in that era 
Well, the equivalent of, like, flash animation now. Yeah. Like, there's no... There's nothing... They're not basing it off anything because it hasn't happened yet. There's not there's, a lot of competition. There's no competition. Well, you, you had... Coco the Clown like, is your competition. There's no competition. You, you probably had, like, five guys. Because you had the Felix the Cat yeah. people... And Coco the Clowns people, you had Crazy Cats people. You could fit every professional awesome. every professional animator in the entire world could probably fit on a school bus. Um, it was insane now. The other very strange thing at this time was the fact that Walt and his company um, were based in California. Uh-huh. Um, namely... People within the movie industry at this time were still out in New York. So Universal Headquarters was out in New York. Um, I'm assuming most of the comic guys were out in New York. Well, honestly, until like 9-11, they were in New York. Yeah, so... They've only moved to Hollywood now because movies. So you have to remember the fact that Disney and New York, for those in Australia, those are two different time zones. Mm, very much. So Disney is trying to send telegrams forward to Universal. Universal's trying to send them back. There's disputes. There's Telegram for Universal. Hey, there's, you know. There's old-timey accents, too. Everyone will talk like it's the olden days. Probably. Um, so you've got this little company that's starting to emerge. Um, you've got Charles Mintz and his big Universal pants. I don't know what they're short. They're cargo shorts, but they got the wallet chain on them. Okay, um, and it, it's it's come up to um, renewing the contracts. Mm-hmm. Remember the mouse gesture that I showed you about. Okay. Walt packs up his wife. He decides to box. travel out to um, Universal in New York. Uh-huh. He loves trains. Well, you you've got to. They haven't invented an airplane yet. Walt loves trains. They haven't invented a good airplane. yet. Um, they get out to Universal, Walt's, you know, a little bit clucky, he's like, you know what, we're gonna ask for more money, we're gonna ask for more time, we're gonna do all these fancy, you know, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. He walks into Charles Mintz's office. No Um, doubt is blaring on his six stack of CD player. Disney finds out that he will continue to produce the cartoon rabbit. Okay. He will take a 20% cut in all money. Uh Uh-huh. And if he refuses these terms, Mintz has gone behind his back and stolen about 80 to 95% of his um, animators. Nice. Which means that Walt is kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Because no animators, no cartoons, no cartoons, no money. No more trains. Mm. Um, and there was nothing that Walt could do because Universal owned the rights. Yeah, well, this sort of stuff happens all the time, even now. People people feel responsible for a character that's theirs, and it's owned by a house. Mm-hmm. Like, the characters created for DC belong to DC. Mm-hmm. So no matter how good Paul Dini does on a Mr. Freeze, it's not his. And I mean, people have gotten around it before, because you've got the whole Howard the Duck, like, thing that mm-hmm. went down... Um, there's been suits about it previously. We could do a polit- like a political episode on just how the duck issues. Um, you, you can do a political episode on just the copyright thing because people got really mad with Disney um, when they a like introduced copyrights, then b extended it so that things um, it's a hundred years don't fall into copyright. Because it, it used to be that after 100 years it becomes public domain and Disney stopped that from happening for Mickey. No, I think it was like, I think it was only 50 years and they changed it so that it would be like, as long as you're still printing new stuff, it renews itself. Well, and that's the thing. Which is I, what they do now with Captain Marvel. I, we discussed it on Shazam, but um, if they don't put out a Captain Marvel, whether it's a one-shot or a full series every year... If they don't do that, the rights to the name go back to DC, owner of Captain Marvel, or what we call him now is Shazam. And I, I understand it, and I understand people's, like, anger that it became such a thing, but when you think of the number of times that Walt was basically shot in the foot for things that he was doing and then was then taken off him for... Yeah. 
it's not surprising that he fought for what he did. He got very protective over the shit that he had left. Exactly, and, you know... And now he owns Florida. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it, you know, that first character that you come up with, that first success, people are dying to see it. It becomes like an extra baby. And, you know, when that's taken away from you and you get the second thing, I would assume you would try pretty damn hard to keep that second thing going. Yeah. So, like, I get it, but at the same time, I see Walt's side of it. Yeah, I mean, it goes both ways. Um. Anyway, so Walt was ready to jump back on the tram, or on the train, but he quickly telephoned his brother, or telegrammed his brother before, um, you know, setting off. The telegram reads, going to leave tomorrow. Stop. Don't worry, everything is fine. Stop. Details on my arrival. So he basically flat out lied to his brother and was like, I'll deal with you later. <laughs> gonna stop in uh, Kansas City for a couple of days. Just gonna let you sweat it out. It's all good. Um, on this train ride home, Walt very quickly, very roughly, came up with a character. He signed his name to it. It was his character. He would then give it to Up to actually refine and turn it into a character. That's right, everybody. Snow White and her seven dwarfs. Mortimer Mouse. Uh, yeah. Hang on, though. Lillian wasn't going to have that because Mortimer was the name of a villain. So she suggested Mickey. Yeah, the most pure heart and not a villain. And so Mickey Mouse was born. Yep. A flat-out rip-off of his own character. Listen, just flatten the ears a tiny bit. Mm. And put gloves on it because they were easier than drawing hands. It came up on our Betty Boop episode. There's nothing original about Mickey Mouse and he way doesn't deserve the credit he gets now even though it's barely any at this point okay moving on from mickey mouse because that's not what this episode is about fuck the mouse oswald shorts was still produced at universal under mints and the small team of animators that he had stolen from disney yeah when he stops watching seinfeld long enough to run his business he's still a 90s ago by the way I, I like that you think that it's important to me i tried to google gen x stereotypes but it's surprisingly hard to google um, two years after Mintz had ousted the Disneys, mm-hmm. he himself was ousted. Mm. Um, there's a little controversy, controversy around this, apparently. Two of the lead animators that were working on the Oswald cartoons apparently went to Universal mm-hmm. and were like, look, we can't work with this guy. Yeah, he's screaming about Kirk Cobain's death. We don't know who that is yet. <laughs> it needs if to stop. We we will work better. We will produce better. Everything will go down better if you get rid of him. Yeah. The story goes, Universal said no, mm-hmm. and it was replaced within the week. Well, they probably it might have put it on the radar. They go, no, we can't just fire him because you asked. And then they were like, let's look into it and go, oh, he's still blaring, no doubt. <laughs> Get him out of here. So this. it was passed over to Walter once. Yeah. Another man's bed was just in case. Oh, god damn it, how I gotta find more stereotypes. Who actually contacted Walt and asked for his blessing before continuing with Oswald. That was nice of him, I guess. I thought that was pretty nice. And then he went to the warp tour. It was given very quickly because Mickey Mouse had now become the most successful cartoon character to date. Mm. And Walt was like Oh, that old thing's still kicking. Yeah, go for it. Whatever. See, you think he's dismissive. I like to think the entire billion-dollar corporation that is the fucking House of Mouse is completely out of spite, and it's just a fuck you. Well, I'm I'm putting words in walls now, but that's that's my words. I'm more cynical about it, but yeah, I like the idea of it all just being like, eh, screw you, Oswald. So, over the first decade of Oswald's life, he appeared in 194 films. That's, that's a, such a huge amount. Um, there was only about 26 of those that were created by Disney. Yeah. Um, there was roughly the same number created by Mince. Lutz really, like, pulled through for this character. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he did an awful lot of work himself. Um... The last time that Oswald was uh, on a film, before he was permanently retired, he had ducked down to cameo status 
and he was in Wee Woodpecker's Polka in 1951. I mean, this happens. Like, Coco the Clown, we've mentioned it already on this episode. He became an extra at best. Mm-hmm. They all just eventually, like, that's, that's weird. Imagine if Batman slowly became, like, a step below Commissioner Gordon and Robin slowly rose to all fame at this point. That's kind of what happened in these old animation days. Um, you also had the thing that Oswald was changing. His look was very different at the end to what it was at the beginning. They had tried different things with him. They changed him from a black rabbit to a white rabbit. They put gloves on him towards the end. Like all those characters, it was, it was slowly becoming less Oswald and more like like when you look back at artwork. It comes whether it's from the once view or if it's from the mince view or... Yeah. They're very, like, that's the way that they differentiate stuff. I did find out that in 1935, DC Comics featured Oswald in a series called New Fun. Uh, it was later called More Fun. It lasted 12 months. More Fun. Mm. Off the top of my head, it's either Green Arrow... Or Aquaman. Someone started in more fun. So there's one issue of that 11-month thing that is valuable. The rest probably not so much. Uh, in 1942, Dell Comics took a crack. However, this time Oswald was portrayed more as a plush animal and had other friends that were also stuffed fr- animals. I'm not going to go through their names right now because I find them to be a little bit racist. Mm, that and I, age, don't, huh? I don't feel like going through the stereotypical characters and their names. Fair enough. So let's just say that 1942 was a different time. We were dealing with different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, as time went on, um, they kind of dropped the fact that he was a plush animal. They got rid of most of his friends. And they introduced his two sons, Floyd and Lloyd. That's no dumber than whatever Donald Duck's kids are called, I'm forgetting. Okay. Floyd and Lloyd and Oswald would uh, do odd jobs. Um, Oswald would go out and look after the boys. There was some kind of loan shark characters that would try and convince the boys to do naughty things and Oswald would step in and be like, hey, maybe not the best course of action. Just smoke these cigarettes, kid. You'll be cool. Yeah, the lack of a better. Um, these comics heavily featured the art of a guy named Jack Bradbury. Does he have a Z in his name? Because i got a joke about fanny packs. No. Alright. Um, he's most Stay known tuned for, for his work on Mickey Mouse and was an animator on various scenes through Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Bambi. So it was kind of still in the family. It just wasn't really in the family. Yeah. Uh, I don't know a lot about Dell Comics. I went, Me either. I'm picturing the computer brand. I went through their list of comics and I was like, I can't even bring any of these up. Like, I, I had nothing. There, there was so many of those, like, from literally 1939 on, like, maybe until the 90s. There were so many small-time comic book outfits that just didn't matter. Yeah, it, they they had a lot of stuff, but it was like those weird titles. It was like, um, I'm, I'm just trying to find some of the names that they had. Shots fired. Valiant is one of those cheap knockoff outfits that don't matter. So uh, take that. <laughs> Um, Beach Blanket Bongo, Ben Casey Combat. They did three issues of Dracula. Okay. They did three issues of Frankenstein. Little Lulu. Little Conan Lulu rings a bell. Monarch of Monster Isle. Um, they did do a little bit with Walt Disney. <laughs> like, they did a little bit of Looney Tunes Mary Melody. Yeah. Yeah, they, they seem to have been a company that was around from about 1938 yeah, to little, 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 like, 1967. Oh, that's it. There you that's, go. That's worth Googling because you'll be like, oh, yeah, that kid, and then immediately forget who that is forever. 
It's one of those come and go kind of things. Yeah. Um, but that that was basically where Oswald was kind of sitting come 1942. So that that was kind of Oswald's end. It really fizzled out. A lot of them it, do, it though. And he went from quite high to he was just Barely a name even on a piece of paperwork in somebody's drawer that had been forgotten about. Until 2006, when the great man, and I say the great man. Joey Patone. Bob Iger. Oh, okay. Stepped into the role of CEO. Now, which is the one that you don't like? The one before him. Who's that? You don't know it off the top of your head? No, because I try and block him out. So you normally just rant about? I can rant. Alright, so Bob Iger's the good one. need to know who he is. He's the saviour. He's the saviour of the fallen, the beaten, and the damned. He is the CEO currently. Okay. Um... I don't remember who done. I don't like the other Well, guy. fuck him, man. That's, That's living in the past. Know. We're here now. Okay. We're here in 2006. So, the towers are gone, and we're doing fine. So, um, when Iger was brought in, one of the things he said he was going to do was he was going to go to Universal mm-hmm. and make a trade for Oswald because he felt it was time that the character came home and everything. Basically, everyone told him. Why? Cool. Best of luck to you, mate. Sure. Have fun with that. He's looking for a brown property on the Monopoly board. Even Walt's daughter was kind of like, and extremely shocked that he managed to pull off what he pulled off. So what did he pull off? Do you think this was more of a power play than anything for him? As like, I'm proving myself as owner of Disney? Yeah. All right. It feels like like a brag moment. The guy before him, I really, I really need to find his name. I know it, I just, it's not there. So if you could Google that one. I'm getting to it. Um, the guy before him had really strayed from what Disney was. Yeah, and had heaps of Shrek and Ice Age stuff. It was weird. No, it was a lot of the alien. Yeah. He brought alien into Florida. It was where Stitch was. Is it Michael Eisner? Or was it John Lasseter? No, I like John Lasseter. Okay. I'm trying here. Um... He he just, it was like he didn't really understand the Disney brand towards the end of it. Um, so Bob was trying to prove himself. He was also trying to get Disney back to what it was known for. Make Disney great again, he said. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so he went to Universal. And he made a trade for a number of minor assets, you know, stuff that they wouldn't really miss, that included Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and the original 26 shorts that were made by Disney. Yeah. He traded sportscaster Al Michaels from the ABC to ESPN and, uh, no, from, he went from AS, ABC and ESPN over to NBC Sports. Right. That's, that's they weird... traded a newscaster yeah. or a sportscaster for a character that hadn't been used since the 50s. Yeah, a that's... real life man for a piece of paper. Was he insulted, do you think? No! He has come out saying that it was. He, he's glad, A, because you know it was an even break. He actually he wanted to go back over to NBC Sports. Um, because they were starting up a new show with um, one of his previous um, broadcasters, John Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem was that Al had just signed a huge big deal with um, ABC. He was contracted to be, there, like, to be there. 10 years yeah. or something. And Disney were like, we'll break the contract. He can come to you. We'll get Oswald and these shorts and a couple of other, like, nothingness. Yep. Um, and he's come out and he's like, you know what, I'm cool with it, it's a bit weird, but it also means that someday I'm going to be a trivia question. Yeah. Um, I looked up worst CEO of Disney and the Wikipedia page for Michael Eisner popped up. Yeah. So that's probably him, huh? Yeah. Alright. Nah, fuck him. Not great. Look at his middle name. It's damn, man. D-A-M-M-A-N-N. Stupid. 
move on. <laughs> what else you got? So, so he's back now. Do they ever use him once he's back? They do. Um, I just want to point out the fact that it didn't include anything that happened outside of the 26 shorts. Well, technically they don't have jurisdiction over those. Exactly. Um, so that means that technically Oswald is a character of both Universal and Disney. Oh, are we talking Elvira comics now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bridging the gap between... Um, the movie adaptation was Marvel. Her standard stuff now is Dynamite. Her standard stuff before was Claymore. It was, it was something I, I don't it know. It was an independent. Yep. And she also was a homeowner of the House of Mystery, run by pretty much the Justice League Dark in its entirety mm-hmm. at this point, for a year. At least. She, mm, yeah. Yeah. So She's Oswald, one of the, Oswald is one of those weird ones the where bridge builders. I love it that is stuff. owned by Universal, bridge. Disney, a little bit of Dell. Oswald's DC important. Had a hand in there, like... Bridge building characters like that are why technically um, Urkel and Sonic the Hedgehog take place in the same universe. Mm. So a big thank you to these characters that really fuck up the universe. These characters are a gangbang of rights, if you will. Mm. I looked up a little bit of Rule 34 about Oswald before we started, and a lot of it's coming back to my mind, and I'm not happy. Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, in 2007, Disney started slowly introducing Oswald into their merch. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple of shirts. There was a hat. There was... Um, How long till his petrol station opens at the park? Because uh, you've that, taken me there a few times. That does happen. That's got to be around this era. Uh, it's a little bit later, but not by much. Yeah, I was going to say, it'll be coming. Uh, the refurb of Buena Vista Street Disney California Adventure was 2012. Oh, shit. So it's more newer than I expected. It is. All right. Um, that's when Oswald's Filling Station uh, opened, which is a gas station operated by Oswald that sells Oswald, Oswald ear hats, shirts, plushes, mugs. Um, there was also for a long time a character meet and greet out the front. We saw him kicking around there. It wasn't like a specific meet. He was just there. Well, that's where he's usually the hub of Warner Vista Street. Yeah. That's, that's kind of his place. Um, there was also um, some archive sketches um, from Ub's sketchbooks that came out around the same time as that, 2012. Yeah. Um, Disney have also gone and re-released all of the... Um, like sketches and shorts and everything that they could find on DVD, which mm-hmm. was the first time in many years that they had actually been available. And a lot of that stuff ends up on YouTube eventually anyway. Well, and they knew that would happen, but it got the name out there. Yeah. Which was Disney's big thing. They wanted people to know who he was. Like, the fact that they traded Al Michaels for it got the name out there because people were like, what the heck? But they wanted to, you know, push it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I have to preference this by saying that Epic Mickey was not the first video game that uh, involved Oswald. What horrible and he had arcade two D platforming once. shit are you talking about? He had been used once between the fifties and the nineties. In 1995, he made a very brief appearance in a Woody the Woodpecker game on the Sega Genesis, only in Brazil. Oh, okay. The end. Let me check, because my... (laughs) Alright, Woody Woodpecker on the SNES, you say? Uh, Master System, sorry. Master System. It was called... Sorry for my butchering of this. Ferreras... Ferratodas do Pikapu. Ferreras for Stratus. Would you like me to click on it and give you more information? No, I just wanted to let you know that it's a shitty, crappy side-scroller, like I said it would be. Okay. Just one of those Mario knockoffs. Okay. Well, it was only released in Brazil, so I'm saying that it doesn't count unless you're from Brazil. I'm surprised, because it looks no different than any other one of those fucking games. Okay. That brings us to 2010. 
the release of Epic Mickey. It was the first time that Mickey and Oswald would appear together. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a pretty big, you know, to put this character that no one knew and your main dude together. I was thinking more like the OG and then like the crap one. Yeah. <laughs> um, the game had two basic missions. Uh, mission one was they wanted to get Mickey Mouse back to his roots. Because when Walt was designing a character, he had a very set idea in mind about how they would be. He sort of had that same spunky Bart Simpson attitude that all cartoons had at the time. Um, so for Oswald, Walt had said that he was a young character, he was peppy, he was alert, he was saucy, um, he was very neat and trimmed. Um, he used humour in a way that was different to um, a lot of the characters at the time. Um, they really wanted him to hit one gag after the other in a Charlie Chaplin, Laurel and Hardy kind of yeah. physical humour. Hijinks. Yeah, that was they were kind of trying to get him out there. Um, David Garstein, who is a Disney historian, said, Imagine Mickey... If he were a little more egotistical, a little fallible, or imagine Bugs Bunny if he could, if he talked the talk but wasn't so good at walking the walk. Yeah. Which I feel is a pretty good, it gives you a good idea of what the character was supposed to be. Originally, Mickey was supposed to have those failings. Yeah. That, that was part of what Walt wanted from him. He was likable, he tried. Would he Walt be great. disappointed by the squeaky, overly enthusiastic, crap character that Mickey is now? Do you think he... Yeah. Yeah. Because, he sucks. He's always, whole, oh boy, and then he just says something supportive. Mickey was always more of a refined and peppy character, but Walt understood that his characters needed faults. They needed flaws. They needed something for the story to go along with. Yeah. Um, and even if you look back at Mickey Mouse um, things from, like, any time that he was alive, there is that flaw that is their fault. Like, he doesn't always make the best choices. He doesn't always do the right thing. Because that's fucking boring if they do. But he's become such a polished character. Yeah, no one wants to he's, treat well, him wrong, so the, he's become So the thing bland. was, when Walt was alive, Walt was the mascot. He was the shiny statue. Now that he's gone, that's what Mickey is. At least in my eyes, I may be wrong, that's just how I look at it. Yeah. Um, so Epic Mickey was trying to get uh, Mickey Mouse back to his roots. Um, they didn't want just this pleasant, cheerful character. They wanted the mouse that was mischievous and adventurous and, you know, to truly make him a hero so that he had those character flaws. They also wanted to reintroduce a number of forgotten attractions and characters um, that had been main staples of the Disney roster for many, many years. Yeah. Which I think they've done. Like, the amount of growth in, like, Clarabella Cow is tenfold since this kind of push to reinvent things. You you would know who Clarabella is these days. Not only because of you, though. I still feel like they're all very abstract. No, but Clarabella is, like, in the parades. She's got the big ice cream place on Buena Vista Street. Yeah, if I spend more time in the parks, I'd recognise characters more. Whenever we go there, you ask me who she is. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, it's... I always find it weird that she wears her dress over her tits. She does. And she always has a... You've got Horace Horse and he wears a big horse saddle thing around his neck. I vaguely remember a joke about her masturbating in one of the old cartoons. But I don't remember specifically what it is. Okay. So power to her, I guess. This is them trying to reintroduce things. Um, They really played with the fact that, like, people didn't like It's a Small World. Um, One of the villains is... I think it's charmingly creepy. okay. In, like, a child's play kind of way. I don't think that's how it's supposed to be perceived, but there you go. What, one of the missions that I hate, you have to go and fix. It's a small world because it's backed up and it stopped working and there's whirlpools and it's it's really bad. It's all started because the clock tower. So, you know when you first get on the ride and you go under it and the 
cast memories sitting above you and I always wave at them yeah, and yeah. you're like, stop doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That thing goes crazy because it is so sick of hearing the It's a Small World song for decades that it turns into a villain and tries to destroy the ride. I'm sure we've all thought about doing that. But that was the thing. This was, this was like the weird idea of some guy that turned around to Bob Eisner and was like, oh, Bob Eisner. <laughs> turned around to um, Bob Iger and was like, I have this idea. I need Oswald the Rabbit to pull it off. I'm going to make Small World kill itself. Fair that, that's how I feel the conversation went and Bob was just like, done. Yeah, you're kind of right. Because, and that's the thing, so I know you haven't played Epic Mickey, so I'll get into the first game just a little bit, because time. But, um, you had, I've lost where I was up to make my notes. So it threw back to the classic because it had Mickey Mouse. Um, he enters Yancy's workshop through a um, mirror in his bedroom, and he discovers that Yancy has created this world, pretty much looks like Disneyland, um, and his tools are, of course, a paintbrush. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that these aren't ordinary paintbrushes. His paint is magical. Uh, his Thinner is magical, and they have created this world within a sheet of paper um, that semi-reflects what we know as Disney, but not really. Um, Mickey's playing around. Uh, he spills over some paint while trying to draw a self-portrait of himself, and he creates a shadow blot. Shadow blot is the main villain destroying this land. Yeah. Um, Mickey tries to clean it up with some paint thinner. There's a, he creates more mess. Uh, basically, he runs away. Fair enough. Because he's like, uh, Yancid is coming back. I have screwed up. So long and farewell. Yep. Fuck this, he says. He's skedaddled. <laughs> Mickey goes back to his life, you know, doesn't think anything of it. It's all good. Um, until the Shadow Blot comes and basically steals him and kidnaps him and brings him into the world. Um, the new land has been titled as Wasteland because it's missing a lot of parts and there are extra bits, and it kind of doesn't make sense logically anymore. Um, and we find out that Blot and a mad scientist need to still be Nikki's heart. Because yeah. they've decided that by gaining everybody's heart, they can find a way out of the painting. Right. Similar to Crank 2. Yep. And heart-related, just like Kingdom Hearts. Ugh, yuck. (laughs) Because they've stolen as many hearts as they can from the majority of townsfolk, Mm -hmm. meaning that they don't have hearts. So one could say that they are heartless. Oh, God. So is Kingdom Hearts just a crap knockoff of this, or is it the other way around? Other way around. Uh, All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you do still have a couple of characters who have managed to stay outside of this. You have Oswald. Mm-hmm. However, he ain't about to help Mickey. He doesn't know who this new guy is. He doesn't know what he's capable of. He just knows that he has a paintbrush and thinner and an ink blot. And he's like, I will watch you. I will not be your friend. You have Gus the Gremlin, which is another forgotten Disney character. He's kind of like a mechanic helper guy throughout the wasteland. Um, he's got lots of friends. You kind of unlock them as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out through like getting through the game that Oswald knows who Mickey is, and he's super jealous that Mickey, you know, 
rose to fame and everyone thinks he's such a great guy. Yeah. And Oswald was forgotten about and, you know, he needs to take care of the wasteland because these characters are all that's left and if someone doesn't take care of them, you know, they're going to be forgotten and it's they're never going to be able to come back into the spotlight. Um, and he basically gives Mickey a pretty hard time about, Good. you are just me and you are shit. Yeah. He's like, you've, be- you've become complacent. You need to pay attention to what's going on. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Mickey then completes a number of challenges in things that are similar to Disneyland. So you have Mean Street instead of Main Street. Uh-huh. You have Tomorrow City. Interesting. Tomorrowland. It, it goes on and on like this. Ninjas of the Caribbean. Um... No, not from my memory. There, there is a really cool level of um, the haunted mansion. You mean the haunted house? Um, but it it basically it looks like Disneyland if an atomic bomb went off near it. No, I was kind of picturing it if Tim Burton designed it. Um, there are a bunch of random like mini bosses that you have to go through um most of them are steampunk versions of disneyland villains mm-hmm. there, there's like a metal robot pete there's pete a sucks. metal roboty hook pete is also a cheap ripoff of peg leg pete who was an oswald character mm-hmm. um otherwise you have blots which Mickey kind of let free onto the world yeah, they, they are literal just blots of ink, and you spray spinner at them with a paintbrush, and they disappear. Yeah. Um, you have a paintbrush during it in which you have, like, a metered amount of thinner and paint, mm-hmm. and, like, you'll be walking along, and there might be part of the wall missing, and you have to ink it, or there'll be something on the floor and you have to thin it to get it away. Yeah. So you're constantly doing something. That's your um, puzzle element. It came in really handy because it was part of um, the Nintendo Wii system. So you could actually buy a paintbrush controller to give you like that ever element of... One of the billion plastic add-ons for your Wii remote. Yeah. Good mention, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out that most of Oswald's problems is because his girlfriend has been taken. Which one? Okay. She is a cat. Mm Mm-hmm. Sly Dog, the only old animation character to not have an identical version of himself as a girlfriend. See Daisy Duck. Mm -hmm. See Minnie Mouse. Mm -hmm. Jessica Rabbit. Mm -hmm. They're all the same. They're all exactly like their counterpart. Except, here we go. Do you know about Fanny? Tell me about Fanny. So there's... Was she out on her Fanny? No, Fanny Cottontail, which sounds like a weird... It's a horrible name. But it's it's girl Oswald. So he's had multiple partners. Mm-hmm. Mm, Oswald, you slut. He is a sly devil. Yeah, he talk his way in all sorts of pants across he's the land. He's young, he's grabby, he's neat and trim. What more does a lady want from him? Grab it. Money. He has a lucky <laughs> rabbit foot, which he takes it's off on his body. His yeah, he does pop it off sometimes, it's weird. Yeah, what, uh, is that the end of your panty cotton tail? Oh, that, yeah, that's it. It's just it's just him in a girly hat. That's what that character is. Okay. Um. Eventually, they reunite. They basically begin to bond as brothers and you complete the final um, boss fight um, as, like, together, whether you're playing it one player or not. I'm pretty sure Epic Mickey 1 was a one player. Um, There are choices that you make in the final game that add to that puzzle element. Um, if If you pick the very good route, you actually offer your heart up to the Shadow Block. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the world unravels from there. Um, no matter what you do throughout the game, however, you get pulled back out of, um, the wasteland by Yen Sid, um, and he shows Mickey both the positive outcome or the consequences of 
the major choices throughout the game. So basically you can see where the story goes. Kind of like when you can't decide what page to go to in Goosebumps, so you quickly check to see if it kills you, and then you go back. Because you were just checking. It also made it so that the credits are the same no matter what you picked. Um, everything is kind of cleaned up. Nikki is sent back home. The mirror is sealed up. However, as it's finishing, we find out that Nikki has been hit with um, Shadow Block Ink and that there is that possibility that he may be able to get back into the Shadow A to be continued kind of scenario. Yes. It would have been a great standalone. It was a great, like, carry-on. Yeah. It did get carried on. I, I should point out. Epic Mickey sat at a 78 out of 100 on that's, Metacritic. That's pretty fat score. It's not too bad. Um, if you ask people, though, Epic Mickey did pretty poorly. What did even poorer than Epic Mickey was the sequel that was announced in 2011, produced in 2012, Epic Mickey Power of Two. They're very cult games, though. Um, the like sequel, people who are into the people who want to play them love them. Most people don't find them necessary. Um, the sequel dealt with a lot of issues from the first game. The name one was the camera. In the first game, you were constantly trying to rotate the camera so that you had some clue of what was going on. Yeah. And um, they came out for Epic Mickey 2 and said that they were basically going to, until the day it was taken off their hands, they would work with the camera to get it to the point where you didn't have to move it at all. Right. You would always be able to see everything that was happening. There would never be any, like, hidden thing or anything like that because it was one of the main, like, sticking points. Yeah. Um. They also turned on a really cool co-op mode, which could be picked up at any time during the game. Um, however, if you weren't playing co-op, Oswald was always there, so you could kind of switch between the two, because even though... It's like a Lego game now. Well, even though Mickey was the main and he had all the power, there was just different things he could do. Um and so they wanted him to be there and be a part of it and the, those two characters to be linked right. at all times. Um, they also added a couple of musical numbers because oh, it's no. Disney and we like when characters randomly break into song. That sucks. Instead, do you want to talk about Big Hero 6? No. He's got a cameo in that. You want to talk about Zootopia? Guess what? Cameo in that. Not good. He, they should cameo him more. Make him the Stanley of the... Of the Disney films. I'm down with that. I'm fine with that too, man. Um, I, I think we're going to end most of that here. Yeah. Because maybe we'll do Epic Mickey 2 later on. When I was totally play it. Do you think they'll... Do you think they'll ever use him in a big way after... Like, ever again? Or do you think Epic Mickey was his one? Not long after Epic Mickey 2, they closed down Disney Interactive. Right. So he won't be in another video game... Published by Disney. Yeah, fair enough. Um, he's been getting mixed responses. They brought him in in America. He did okay. Like you said, he's kind of a cult guy. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. He's a they cult guy. They brought him in in Japan and they went nuts. Because bunnies are better over there Then than because nuts? Japan went crazy, America wanted more. Uh-huh. And then because of a result of that, Disneyland Paris wanted some. Um, he actually has an entire week at Disneyland Paris. Uh, he has his own parade during this week. Him and Ortesia do meet and greets. Like, it's a thing. It's very strange. I love it. We had Mince be a 90s guy, and now that he's big, and now Oswald's big in Japan, I'm picturing him as an otaku or a Weibo. And he's wear in my head. He's wearing the Ahigo shirt, you know, of all the girls having cum faces. Mm. That's the sweater he wears as he rolls through that fucking city, just running the place, mate. I don't know. It's kind of picture it with me. He's very cold. Oh yeah, he's cold as fuck. He like okay. My favorite thing, and I'm happy to plug this. There is. I have no idea what's there. There is a gang in Northern California 
called the Oswald uh, Oddballs. Right. And they have, like, motorcycle vests. But it has Oswald on it. Disney fans are so weird. And I think it's great. I've actually met them a couple of times, and I've messaged them on um, Instagram. And they're just really nice people. (laughs) And I think it's so fun that he's got such this cult following just because... He's Walt's first creation. He, did, he has a cold following because he's the better version of the biggest, most iconic thing in probably human history at this point. It's, it's kind of like an inside joke with Disney fans. Like, mm. if you don't know who Oswald is, you don't give a crap. But the second that you open a history book, you're like, aha! See, that, that's that's the kick I get out of it, is the, like that weird... Like, like you know, I very much into like archaeology of animation mm. like finding those band episodes and finding shows no one remembers oswald is like the original of that sort of shit he is really and like i know that you give me a lot of crap for liking disney and you know fighting on walt disney being a good guy. You're very defensive. I, I do, and I am. You're defensive and in a way that a Scientologist is defensive. That's the that's the creepy part about it. it it's... It's the sickening it, devotion, Kaya, that worries me. Well, it, come, it comes from two places. A, I was brought up with Disney, no, no, like no, no, everyone no. else. You were indoctrinated as a child. Sure. All right. I, I'll, I, will... I will let you have that one this once. All right. There is my one. One per episode. <laughs> That's my one for the week. Um, The other thing and the reason, like, I, I can separate why I like Walt and why I like Disney. The reason I like Walt is he really wasn't ever really good at anything. He suffered from depression. He didn't graduate from, you know, high school. He didn't go to university. He went bankrupt twice. Um, Like, he really, he couldn't draw despite his best efforts, which weren't really all that good. He'd get super distracted. Um, You know, he was really trusting. I feel like Oswald really portrays that. Yeah. Like, it was this character that he put his all into and he finally saw that bit of success. He saw what he could make. Then he just put round ears on it. But Oswald was taken away from him. Yeah. And it did, like, I know he blew it off and it wasn't a thing, but for me, Oswald really shows that, you know, it's just a plucky kid that wants to make it and he can't. And I feel now that Disney have him back, he's got, like, that chance again. Yeah. And it's that redemption story that, you know, I really find, like, the come around. Yeah. And that's why Oswald has become one of my favourite characters because it's this inside joke that not everyone gets, no matter, like, every, everyone says, oh, I'm a Disney fan or oh, I like that one Disney movie, or yeah, I know the song. Mm-hmm. But it's only people that really like Disney that get who he is. And it kind of fits and your it's, motif and it's, it's as well. it's another thing again of why the character is what it is. Old-timey character, left behind in the 40s to be reincarnated. Oh, no, she wasn't. I was going to say, it's like, it's it's Peggy Carter again, but a bunny. Cap. Hmm. I, I do definitely have a type when it yeah. comes to things that from the forties that get frozen, whether by copyright assets or by uh, Marvel sci-fi ice. <laughs> That's damn fine ice you got there. That's America's ice. Ice, <laughs> ice baby. All right, well, I'm I'm I've finished for the episode. Pretty <laughs> sure you finished about half hour ago, to be honest. You have to sort of be there for Epic Mickey, I think. That's very visual of a game. It really is. It's it's some. It's actually worth going. Though. Like, yeah, Google it. Google it because looking at it paints a better picture than anyone can. Yeah, painting's like a hundred words. <laughs> As my pet destroys his collar. 
Thanks, buddy. That's yeah. Yeah, you got a bad taste in your mouth now. Idiot. Cat idiot. <laughs> um I'm I'm going to leave you on this homework question. Uh-huh. Because that's how we sign out. How many shrimps do you from have his to original eat? run? Sixteen. Times do you think Oswald oh. appeared in colour? In colour, like in in his original like I'm gonna I'm gonna say like four. Like there wouldn't be any. It is exactly four. Oh shit. <laughs> he was in colour. Let me be very clear to the listeners. Him in colour is just blue shorts. The rest of him is the same. He was in colour in The King of Jazz, which is a two and a half minute long clip from a larger movie. Mm-hmm. He was in the Toyland Premier uh, Toyland Premiere. The springtime not, serenade. That's not babes in Toyland, is it? And his last cartoon, The Egg Cracker Suite. Right. That, that was the four times he appeared in colour in his first, like, In his original incarnation. Yeah. He, he, it doesn't, like, there's no reason to colour him because it really changes nothing of the character. <laughs> he just bought shorts from a different store that day. Now, b- before we go too far, because we're on, you know, his look, I'm gonna get Toby to explain it. You what? You watch Trolley Troubles, probably yep. one of his most famous uh, things ever. It's his original Expl- because explain- the original script for the first one was knocked back because uh, Universal wasn't impressed by the old style animation. But within about, I forget how long. But after a little while, they took that entire script and just put Mickey Mouse in it. Yep. Lazy, lazy writing. What was your question? <laughs> So what what would you say that Oz looked like in Trolley Troubles? He just he looks like a Mickey Mouse, like an old cartoon man. He looks like a Felix the Cat. They're all black silhouette creatures with a white area for a face. Sometimes gloves, not always gloves. And he wore a little train conductor hat. It looked like steam. It looked like um Steamboat Willie, but on a train instead of a boat. Can I get you to lean over towards the computer? Mm-hmm. This is Oswald under lights. Oh my god. So he's third incarnation. Yep. We're looking here at Bimbo from Betty Boop, if you ask me. Yeah, so he's got shorter ears, bigger eyes. He's got those Pac-Man eyes. You know what I'm talking about when when I say it. Yeah, so he's a little bit different. Let us go down to his yeah, Dell no, comic. Scroll past that, because that's just a fucking rabbit with the same name. It's completely unrelated. Oh, it's a sausage dog, though. By the way, that's his children. The sausage dog? No, no, the, the rabbit's <laughs> on the sausage dog. Ah, oh, fuck those guys. Meg would really like the sausage dog. Okay. And then we can scroll down. That's a that's a white man. That's the man that was created for him. Right. This is what he looks like when Disney gets him back. It's Yeah, he just looks like the old school one again. I suppose they fought to get him back. They're not just going to use the universal version. So Technically, they? they're not allowed to because yeah. he's, you know. And and this is what he is depicted as today. That's the one that is on all the all, all the stuff in that refuel station you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like his ears at the parks because they're not the same print that all the other ones are. That's pretty cool. So that is the story of Oswald. Probably that's the whole damn thing because I I really doubt they'll use him much ever again. Uh, I don't know he, why he just he is... was used in as a cameo in the twenty thirteen Get a Horse. See, he's he's a cameo boy. He was a background townsperson in Disney Infinity two point uh-huh. uh, and he was part of the basically. What Before Mickey, which was a 2015 film that came out, is all about Oswald. You know all those... Not like, very factually correct, but it is all about Oswald. You know all those um characters in the early Simpsons days that have an episode and then they are delegated to a character in the crowd from then for the rest of time? Mm-mm. He's that. Kind. Well, that's where he's sitting at the He moment. had his bit and then like, all right, shuffle him back. I, I think he's ready to make another comeback. I think they're going to keep trying now that they've got him. 
Well, yeah, they, bust, they bust like a lot of ass to get it. They that, might as well or they like it. him being called status and they're just going to leave him where he is. Yeah, you, you're right. They might leave him as the quiet guy in the corner. Well, that's why a lot of people have, you know. Yeah, it would kind of ruin the character I feel to change it. This love is coming from. Hmm. And I think it's one of those inside jokes that Disney like to have up their sleeve. Like, do you actually know who this character is or are you just liking him because he's the newest thing in the park? Yeah. But. Well, that's where we leave you for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You have sat through my voice for long enough. And I say it, like, pretty much any time we cover old-timey shit, just go look at it. Like, it's... Someone comes in and comes up with a topic, like, oh, put Oswald on a train, and they just goof around in the writing room, I imagine, for, like, half an hour, at the longest, and they just come up with a couple of jokes or goofs regarding that tr- that that environment that they're putting the character in. And that's it. But you can just... They sat down and drew that shit. That doesn't happen anymore since Princess and the Frog. And I hate CGI. It's lazy. Draw your shit. And Oswald's short was usually around five minutes, and it was produced in a week. All that shit's short. That was the turnaround, because they had to get it out to publication. It's all short. It's pretty much always on YouTube, because no one cares at this point. It's worth looking at. If you like the visuals of Cuphead... This is its origin. This is where all that is. But it's, it's not only the origin of Cuphead and things like this. this it's the origin of all that shit. It's the origin of everything. Mm. Like, without this stuff as, you know, basic and old-timey as it is to us now... This doesn't happen, then Snow White anything. doesn't happen. If Snow White doesn't happen, we don't get this... Um, we don't get... What, what's the Fantasia. one? No, no, no. What's the one where it's all, all the people's, like, daughters and sons? Ursula's a black kid with aqua-coloured dreadlocks. Isla likes it. Oh. Um, descendants. Yeah, we don't get Descendants without Oswald. I want you to think about that. Probably wouldn't get Kim Possible either. Hey, if you're wondering when we're going to do that episode, we won't. Hey, we might. Because <laughs> it turned out we didn't record it. <laughs> Listen. And I'm not talking we'll about the episode. the story. Blah, blah, then in black. Good night. Goodbye, everybody. Um, Great review, subscribe. Yep, like us on Facebook. So long. Farewell. Yep. Bust ass. Class dismissed.